Can we just start with a little bit of Tony Robbins hype? Just to hype things up a bit. Let's just, let's just do some like arms in the air four times like this. We're just gonna. We were just talking about it last week. Just keep doing it. You're just busy getting happy. We want to change the culture a little bit in the church to be a little bit more vocal, a little bit more free, looser, a little bit less of like a classroom and more of a conversation. So, you know, so in theory we should have like a little cafe table here and we should be, you know, chatting. Maybe we, like, you know, that how corporates change so that way it's not this lecture. So, speak your mind. Um, yeah, sure. Okay, good. I just wanted to share this testimony because um, <laughs> uh, it inspired me. Um, and it's a, I shared it with um, the leaders. Um, this woman uh, messaged me two days ago, um, and this is what she said How are you, Jess? I think you forgot about me. <laughs> My name is Angel. I'm the lady you met on the Cape Town Parade, I think five years back, and you and three sisters prayed for me and my family. I remember that day at night I got a call from Eastern Cape. My son wanted to kill my granddaughter. My granddaughter is still alive because of that prayer. God is always good. Good night. Send hello. <laughs> Send hello with our sisters in Christ and Amen. And um, I just wanted to share that because those seeds of um, take a moment and prioritizing sharing Jesus with other people can really save lives, literally. And um, I think that is something that I want to do a lot more of in 2019. I want to pray for people wherever I go and actually also go out of my way to seek those people out. So I hope we can all do that together. That, that would be where we like we cue the like hard music and then drink. So in Malawi, what they do is they say if they agree with someone, they say uh, preach. So or like true or uh, good. So, so the buena or zona or you know or quest. You know in in certain languages. <laughs> giving you guys some, some ideas. So then what happens is you say like, preach, preacher. Well, that's true. Okay. That's good. Yeah, that's good. It's just ideas. Like we've said today before, now you're preaching it. Like only 30 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> now you're really preaching. Now you're really preaching. It's good. Because <laughs> I think that Come on. we, you know, we miss pretty much 90% of what gets shared. Everything, everything that we remember today essentially is creating a new song about the sweet wine. And because music just goes into us like that. But if we create a culture where we are responding and engaging and we feel like we had a Tony Robbins event, I really do believe that more will go through us. Mm. 
16 and I was worshipping God in my parents' garden just out somewhere in the bottom there where there's lots of space and the lawn and everything and uh, borehole water and um, just worshipping God and I just remember just now what we're saying just like this wow His kindness has been so incredibly repeatedly kind His mercy every yeah. day again and again and again how much do we need His mercy? Yeah. 
over and over again. And we can lose sight of that. We can get out. Of, we 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 get. We lose touch with yeah. our position, our flipping ridiculousness, yeah. our shoddy state outside of God's love. So thanks for singing about that. It's profound. Yeah. You know, if we don't have a yes, it's good. It can be good. If we don't have a, if we don't have a reason to fight for something, a why. We won't necessarily be up against. We won't be willing to go after things. And uh, yeah. seeing that sort of outcome in mind, having a stake in ground, a stake in the ground, and I'm talking this message today at the end of a year, as we go into a new a break and then a new year. Seeing something ahead of us is so important. And, and um, yeah. the where and the what are informed by the why. Mm. And so the 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 why of your encounter with God, the kindness over and over and over again. And, you know, if, if middle of, in the middle of the year, I forget the dates now, it's quite hazy, but I could look on my, my life log, which I urge you guys all to keep one. It's a digital list I keep of any major event in my life, and I try and date it. And then I can always look back at the year and say, what a mess, or more highs and lows and better. So it's, it's a good thing to keep. So I put, I put good and bad things on there. And uh, I remember I had a dream, and in that dream, it was, a real, it was an actual dream while I was sleeping, and I dreamt, and then I woke up. And in that dream, I was reading Jeremiah 1, and wow. God gave that to me in that moment to begin to read Jeremiah 1. So I started reading it every day. And uh, I read Jeremiah 1. I've been reading it uh, for long, and... Um, I went through, I've shared a number of times, I won't share lots of that story now, but I went through a very hard year and a half, last year and a half, with lots of like a personal meltdown, a business meltdown, just lots of things, uh, break, break-ins in my business, my homes, factories, just like a really tough time, my, my head and in my life. And God had given me Jeremiah 1. And so in Jeremiah 1, I can quote the whole thing to you, but I, I'm just going to pull out some snippets, but it says in verse one, in chapter one, verse five, it says, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before before you were born, I consecrated you, and before you were, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations." And so, this is a message that he has given to me specifically, and I, did, I, in some ways, this is maybe some, a selfish thing to share because it might not be your specific message, but we all have a message that God has done for us, where He's appointed us for a specific thing, yeah. and and. Yeah. Um, uh, Erwin McManus says we were formed in the mind of God and designed by his hands and we were created in his image and so I love that he talk, he's talking about this thing of God forming us in his mind with a specific purpose and I'm busy reading this book that Luke gave me the other day about him God being a designer God being this this person who set us all up as artisans and isn't it beautiful that in God's mind for each one of us was a specific chair that he had in his mind, that he said, it's going to look like this, it's going to sit like this, it's going to be there, it's going to have this angle, and it's going to do these things. Hmm. He formed us. In, in, so, yeah. so we were formed in his mind, and designed by his hands, and then created in his very image. And isn't that freeing for us to know that he's actually set us up with a very specific thing? Yeah. For a very specific thing. So whenever I have been going through stuff, I've just remembered Jeremiah 1. I just dive right back in and I just like quote it to myself again. And I just go, you know what? Before he formed me, he knew me. And he had a specific purpose on my life. And he, he made me for a specific thing. And he's appointed me for such a time as now in my life yeah. to be living in this yeah. situation that I'm in. I hope I'm in the right situation. 
And so for me, that why, as I said earlier, has is, is, is been over and over again because God's been so kind. Yeah. He's been so kind. That's, that's my why. And yeah. I, I remember years ago listening to Graham Cook and just hearing Graham Cook always talks about the kindness of God. And I kept saying, God, what is the thing that is mine? Like, I just love that Graham had his thing. He discovered his thing. And then I realized, you know what? All of our thing is the kindness of God. Because yeah. it's yeah. the kindness of God that leads us to turn to Him, to be yeah. renewed. Yeah. Not to be heavy and to be, wow, I need to serve. But actually to go, wow, your kindness has whacked me. Your yes. kindness has drawn me. So the kindness of God is our why. And staying in touch with that kindness and His gratitude is, is our call. It's our, it's our place. It's what we get to do every day. God, yeah. I want to know your kindness again. You know, Graham, Graham Cook's famous thing, I think the best thing I've ever heard him say, and it's not his most profound thing probably, but God, who are you being to me right now? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Just this thing. And when we ask that question to God again, God, how are you being kind to me right now? Isn't it? That's how we should wake up every day. God, how are you being kind to me right now? So that we can get in touch with that, so that we can be who he formed us to be. To be the idea that was in his mind, that the purpose, the specific thing for such a time as now. And the weight of our sin and our neediness for God must be so close to us. We must never lose sight of that. We can. Yeah. Things can be going well and we can be on a, on a wicket where we're feeling like, you know what, I'm, I've passed the 100 mark and I'm, you know, I, I, know, I, know how this, I know the turf. I know where the cracks lie. You're a cricket guy. I know the scene. And, and some of you are just looking at me. And I go, you know, that's a cricket analogy. I can do other sports. But the, the, the amount of times that, that we've that we've lost sight of His kindness will be the amount of times we felt far from Him. Does that make sense? So so every time we lose sight of His kindness, we go into this crazy, weird theological space that we only believe is possible, but God doesn't doesn't exist. It's where we're far from Him. Because we've lost sight of how kind He's been to us and how much He's drawn us. And we say at the end there, your relentless pursuit. I can't sing that song without getting tears in my eyes. Just the kindness of God coming over me. I remember the first time Ella sang it here at church. Uh, what, how does it? Uh, oh, the overwhelming oh, wow. kindness. Just drawing. You've been so, 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 so kind to us. Isn't that amazing? Just to be in touch with that. And so something I've been really wrestling with, and, and uh, wrestling is a good word. I've been journeying with this thing of this restlessness in me to, to want to be more settled and want to be... A, in a place of knowing this is what God formed me to be and made me to be. And the other day God spoke a word to me and He said to me, you're not restless, you get to serve me. Wow. And that's what I want to talk about today. Wow. And uh, I don't know if it's going to relate to all of you and I think I was just noticing also with Craig with your songs, it's like when we give of ourselves in this way of singing or sharing here, having conversations with a crowd that's very responsive, those kind of things that we do, the Sometimes it's quite personal, and um, I hope my real prayer is that some of it can connect to you in some way, I hope. If it's not, the Lord will bless you as well. He's got a plan for you. He's got a great plan for you. So if you read about restlessness, or rest, the, the word restless, restless, it's an adjective, and it, it describes something. It's, in a, it's, it's, it's being in a place where you can't relax or, or come down be settled um, as a result of a level of anxiety or, or boredom. How many people, just with a show of hands, because your hands are quite flexible, would say you relate to a level of restlessness? 
as a result of anxiety or boredom. Yeah? Some, some people know exactly what they're about. They have a, a five-year plan. I'm looking at a guy there. He knows exactly which, which comrades he's not running, which one he is running. He knows exactly where he's going. Ask Brad what you're about, where you're going, who you are. He's got it. And it's inspiring. I love It's like standing next to an unshakable thing. But, the, but for some others of us, we keep going, like, am I going on the right path? Am I walking down the right trail today? Am I not? Am I? And there's this, there's a, it's, this, it's this thing that actually causes us to be really ineffective. Causes us to, 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 to not move in the things that God's called us to move in. Okay? So, so, so restlessness results in being unsettled, being ineffective, ineffective and being debilitated. Okay? That's been my experience. I, I really struggle with this all the time. I need a high level of change. I need a high level of movement, of physical exertion, of sunshine, of people, of engagement, and then also a high level of aloneness. So I, I find, I don't know if you all relate to me, but I, I find I'm, I'm, I'm one of those, uh, I love that movie. It wasn't a good movie, but the theme was great, where they were all different. You know that one? There was five people types. The factions. Divergent. I find them really divergent. It's such a great word. Because, because I've, I'm crossing over between all these different people types the whole time. And it's just this chaos that, that ensues. And it, it and really just ends up in being debilitated. And just there's this restlessness that I'm, I'm always journeying with God and saying, I don't want to be restless like this. I don't want to be ineffective. I want to be on about the things that you've called me to. And what, give, what are life-giving. Who would agree to that? To that? Yes. If you don't agree, I'd love you to come and lead the ministry time and just bless us with the settledness that you carry. I'm genuine. So, if we move away from being unsettled, ineffective, debilitated, what I believe we move into is this consolidated place where we move into a thing of being grounded. Okay? Say grounded with me. I'm being Tony, being clear. Clear, clear-headed, clear-minded, clear on about what you're about. Clear, just a sense of clear. I think it includes healthy, clear. It's like just open, okay? A sense of anticipation, because you know this is what I'm about, this is where I'm going. Constantly living in that space of anticipation. A sense of newness. You've moved away from restlessness into a purpose, so there's a sense of newness ongoing with that. And then there's a hunger. And there's a thousand other things. But there's a hunger that, that God... that that we get to be on about the things that He's purposed us for. We should have a hunger. Yes? Lord, make us hungry. Pray that with me. Lord, make me hungry for more of what you want me to be about. All the time. It should be a prayer. So, if I'm not restless and I get to serve services, I just want to dim this down a bit. It's doing a very... So restless, restless is the thing that describes us, but service is the thing that we do. And uh, it's performing duties or services for another, simply, simply put. It's, a, it's, it's an action that we take. And I really felt a sense of freedom in God when He spoke this word to me a couple of weeks ago about moving from a place of allowing restlessness to rob me into a place of allowing freedom allowing service to free me like an invitation into service and it's not an invitation into a place of ought or a place of, place of okay I just fix everything by being this 
low-down slave. It's actually a place of serving God in response to His kindness. This, this yeah. thing of so, so, so moving from the debilitated place of restlessness into, into the free place of actually, I know who I am. I'm a servant. I know what I'm about. I get to serve. That's the freedom. That's the life that's on me. That's the invitation that's, that's mine. Okay, so service is a couple of things. Service is not a chore. It's a response. God doesn't need our help. I just want you to tell someone that quickly. God does not need your help. Okay? And Edwin is busy killing a rot. Okay? Okay, everybody who doesn't... <laughs> everybody who loves animals. <laughs> David, thank you. This is Woodstock. <laughs> We're preaching the cockroaches out of this building. Okay? A prophetic word I once received was you're going to preach the cockroaches out of the walls, okay? So thank you, Kirsty. Again, it reminds me of a wedding I went to where some pasta was spilled on the dance floor. There was only one waitress and she couldn't serve everyone. <laughs> so she didn't know what to do. Do I clean the pasta or do I carry on serving the plates of pasta to everyone else at the tables? So she left the pasta on the dance floor in the middle of the room and everyone just danced around it. And then she carried on serving. And she served another maybe 10 tables. <laughs> and I went into the urinal and I stood there and I was having a wee. And I looked to my left and I saw Brad. And he looks at me and he goes, Crisis. <laughs> I've never forgotten. It was one of the. Obviously, our hands are occupied, but I wanted to just give him a hug. Thank you, Kirsty, for averting that crisis, cleaning it up. So service, God doesn't need your help. Did you guys already say it? He wants relationship with us. He doesn't need our assistance. He actually wants to be with us. He was okay without us. And he said, I actually want relationship. So it's a privilege to serve it's an honor we get we get this we get this invitation to from god to go respond to my kindness respond to my kindness and it looks like something a response to his kindness does look like something initially it just looks like being overcome maybe having tears in your eyes and opening your hands or being overwhelmed or whatever because that's just like wow you've just i've just realized your kindness that that pursued me initially but but there's always a, there's always this action that ensues there's always an action that follows the kindness and the response to his kindness. It's, it's, it's this thing of going like, what can I do? What can, how, how? What can I do to say thank you? That's, that's, that's the real worship. That's the real response to his yeah. kindness is this thanks. And we just get, we get completely caught up in God and we just can't help ourselves but thank him with our lives. So he really wants to move us away from restlessness into this place of thanks and service. So a couple of things I ask God... What are the first few practical things that come to my mind for me that are now, that are free, that are easy to do, that I can serve in, that are not very far out? Because I wanted to give you guys some practical handles. Okay? Intercession. How can I serve God? And just where I am right now immediately, just begin to be someone who responds to His kindness on my life, would be by interceding over others' lives. Because the kindness to you is enwrapped with the fact that it wasn't for you, it was for everyone. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's this kind of, you can't separate God's kindness without loving other people. Yeah. Struggling to put words to that, but you're getting what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? If you are, you can say, 
Amen. Amen. Okay. That's another word that sometimes is also used around. Okay, from time to time, in certain places. Hopefully in the future in this situation. So intercession. If you know what intercession is, does anyone want to give us a brief? Intercession is praying yourself out of a rut. Because you forget about yourself and you realize that you've got something to, at the very least, pray that's good over someone else. It enables you to move into freedom. It enables you to move out of your ridiculous place of believing you are at the end and actually you have got something to give. You've got a prayer that's powerful, that moves, that, that causes change over someone else's situation in life. Yes? You, you know, this, I don't think that we'll actually ever catch the power or, or what's it on offer to us is to be a people of intercession. You walk into a meeting, you walk into a situation, you are anxious. How do you unlock the anxiety, the restlessness? You intercede. Begin to declare God's favor over others. It enables this flow that begins to enable the confidence of God to come onto you. You're not doing it necessarily for any other reason, but just to say thank you to God for the kindness that's on you. So can I speak your kindness over other people? And I want to give you an example. The other day, because I knew I was going to talk about this on Sunday, so obviously that's a great motivator to, to say how much are you interceding. The other day I was driving behind a couple of guys who should be in seatbelts, but they're on the back of a bucky. And um, one day they will have seatbelts on the back of our buckies. And uh, we hope. And I just said, Lord, help me pick one of these guys. And I began to intercede behind this guy in, in bumper-to-bumper traffic for 25 minutes. Just wow. prayed over this guy's life. I promise you, I saw him start smiling. That was just for me. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. But I saw this guy, and then someone cracked a joke, and he was there. And before, he just looked like, yes, it had been a long day. He was there. I was just praying. I was going, I don't actually care if the smile was anything connected. But what was freeing for me was, I've got something to pour out on this guy's life. I prayed over his family. I prayed over his job. I prayed over his hands. I just declared stuff over him. It was, it was amazing. I want to invite you guys into that. Another way that we get to serve is by giving, by being a resource people. Yeah. You always have something physical, a time, a money, a anything. As our old friend Gary used to say, a three rand. It's not, a phys- it's not an actual coin that is on offer, but he used to ask for a three. Okay? Just give me a three, man. And you'd always respond with, no, but I might have a, you know, a two or a five. But you often, no, I'm keen on a three. <laughs> have you guys been rejected by a beggar lately? I had that the other day. Insult. They don't want the browns, eh? I'm just teasing. So giving and being a resource people. If we, if we are so caught up in ourselves that we can't give to other people, we are never going to be the church, the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not, for, it's not about us, it's about everyone else. This thing, us, the freedom, thanks David, the, the freedom. You know, I like David, he sits in the front, he's responsive, he's lacquer. The, um, I hope in the future we'll have more of that. Like those are there, I say, yes, I want to be there, I want to be in, I want to listen to what the guys have got to say, and I want to really respond to them. And amazing. We're going to build that culture, even if we break it and we build it. And we... The, 
one of the biggest things we've said as a church, and someone keeps swapping those banners around, it starts with people of worship. I think it's, um, it's uh, one of the moms probably. The, it's supposed to start with worship. And then family, because we start with worship and then we worship in God and then we realize there's people next to us and they become our family. And we move on from this realization that they are family and we go, what's this family about? And we move into being as people who are resource people who are prophetically living out the call on, on our lives. That's how that goes if you wanted the short blue. We've said it a lot, but a river must flow. Yeah. A river must flow. So we get, the way we get to serve is, is to be generous in, in response. So as I said earlier, this thing of God who you're being to me today, Graham Cook's thing, I will ne- just, we'll never get over that. And God, how can I respond? This is the thing I'm saying to you today is how can I respond to your kindness to me right now? Yeah. 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 Okay. Everyone's still with me. Yeah. I just want to read Jeremiah 1 verse 6. Then he says this, and he goes on a little bit. He says, oh, Lord God, but I can't even speak. I'm only a youth. But, you, but, but the Lord said to him, don't say that. Don't say you're young. For everyone that I send you to, you'll go there. And whatever I command you to do, you will speak or do. Don't be afraid of them, for I'm with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And we disqualify ourselves so much the whole time. The first thing that, that Jeremiah responded to God saying, I formed you, I knew you, I had a plan for you. He's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm so young. You immediately he just disqualif- begins to disqualify himself and to say how me how can I what would I have to say whatever but in, and God's just declared this incredible thing over him and says before you were even born I knew you you were an idea in my mind I formed you I made you for a purpose such as now and he goes oh I'm too young I can't speak what would I say whatever and he says God just rebuked him he says do not say that stop it yeah. so I wrote in my in my notes here I remember that skit that was a while ago that, that uh, counsellor guy the marriage couple, they come to him and they go, you know, you're doing this. And he goes, stop it. And then he charges them. And he says, stop it. Then he charges them. And he says, have you guys seen that? He says, that'll be like 10 pence or whatever. And then, he, then they says, and he goes, stop it. And then charges them again. Because that's basically what most of us need to hear. Stop disqualifying ourselves and, and moving. We need to hear God's invitation to move away from this debilitated, ineffective place, this restlessness. Yeah. It's really an invitation from God to move into our flow, our channel, what we're about. A while ago, God said to me, the excitement that you seek is in the kingdom. You know, this this thrill that you're seeking of moving around. Another one. Is everyone watching the cockroach? You know, the thing is, I can do it See, this church must tie. Then we can get that um, <laughs> center kill crowd and they'll come in here and you pay them a retainer. Yeah, I should have. Sorry, first. I should have sworn then. Sorry. I should have. That was perfect. But I actually don't in my natural life, so it would have been weird. It would have been putting on a hype or a facade. Or, it's, not our, it's not our values. I want to be authentic with our, our honest values throughout continuity in and out of church. So. Pleasure. Okay, so the last 15 minutes, I said some stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, sure. Yeah, and the excitement that you seek is in the kingdom. Do you guys agree? Yes. Would you, 
at a deep core level actually be able to really agree with that statement. The excitement that you're really longing for and, exceed, and, and, and like expecting and thinking, I'm so restless and what is it about, is actually found when we are sharing the love of God. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes. So let's just, let's just do something that maybe makes that a little bit more concrete. Repeat after me, if you're willing to in this cult. The excitement that I really need is found when I'm part of this cult. Is found when I'm sharing the love of God. Yes? Let that. Let that. Go deep. Okay? Yes, Kirsty. Very good question and statement. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a great. I would just say, preach, Kirsty. Great truth. Yeah, it's us that needs to change. It's us that needs to be renewed to realization of His kindness, because we are going to work tomorrow, and they are there, them at work, and the commute and the whatever. It's all there. It's happening. We're getting up early. It's a long night, it's a short night, whatever. It's all, it's all on. It's on. And how do we not be ineffective and debilitated in that space? We need to cultivate these pockets of encounter with God over and over again where we go like, okay, God, you have 15 minutes. In the scheme of eternity, I'm offering you 15 minutes, Lord, and all I want to do in this time is I'm going to use this time to intercede. That's my advice. Don't have a 15-minute quiet time. Have a 15-minute intercession moment in this next week. Do it every day as your quiet time. You move away from I need to get something from God so that I'm going through my day with a level head to I've actually got something that I want to speak out and birth in environment around me moving from a position of powerful as Dale Carnegie would say you know power posture in the morning to a I just need to get a few pearls so that I'm going to survive to actually know God's on me he's spoken things to me today is mundane however I've got the weight of God on my on my gift of intercession okay so we get to move from restlessness to service so I've prepared um, a second message. You guys ready? <laughs> body break. Body break. <laughs> you want a body break? Yeah? No? You guys are good, eh? All right. Yeah. What, the first one? No, the second message is actually uh, when I'm going to drop the F-bombs. Yeah. Now we're excited. No, I heard something the other day in, in our church that made me really sick. And it's this thing of us not being willing to to share life authentically with other people just to really say we are all pathetic and in need of the mercy and the kindness of God we mustn't lose sight of it you can hear I'm speaking this in different ways this morning but really trying to massage this in heaven's going to be lonely for us if we're not okay with diversity with difference with coolness with uncoolness with 
with loudness, with quietness, with color, with no color. Heaven's going to be lonely. Life is lonely without diversity. Some people look at me going, no, that's not true. I disagree. I believe that. It's how I live. I don't want to change. So like I said earlier, you know, when we meet Jesus, we are, there's this moment that happens, we realize that actually I was going along and I was living in a certain way, I had a certain mind. Yeah. And then you discover Jesus and you realize that before time began, yeah. there was someone else greater than you that had a purpose over your life. Yeah. That's what happens to us in that moment of, wow, you know that thing that you, they go, oh, all that stuff did you see in the church sometimes? Not so much in this church. It's the church got in quiet of late. We're going to be picking it up. You can also do that sound in church. It's a nice one. Okay? I like that one. Oh! That's a great one. Tess knows it. Tess is from a circle that I was at an event with her. And I know that thing. And they do that. They're big into the Oh! Just do it with me. It frees you. Just Oh! You see? It just listens to It's like wearing a wine shirt. Just listen to up. It's a full cult vibe. Everyone's saying the whole same stuff. When, when, when we discover him and we meet him, we realize that he has this, this person who's been incredibly kind to me, who had a design over my life. As I read earlier from Erwin McManus, he says, we were formed in his mind, like a, with a purpose. He formed us, like you would design a thing, or an object, or go about putting together a roster, whatever. We form, he was formed, designed by his hands and then created in his very image to reflect him, to live his life out. And yeah. who is God? His acceptance. He accepts. Yeah. He's this incredible flipping ocean of welcome. Yeah. There's, a, there, there's a new way to describe God. If you want to, someone says, what do you believe? You say, I believe God is an ocean of welcome. Yeah. Okay? Just, there's, there, there has to be a, a, a freshness, a reality to just discovering what we know of God and our acceptance yeah. of God and yeah. I just want to read something to you quickly because I, I really think this is super important that we, that we realize that this family that God puts together the family he sets the lonely in family you us the specific pathetic group of lonely people in this <laughs> specific cult that he set us together okay to joke around about cults and this and to get that vibe in a specific way because we need each other we need God in each other that's the point. Yeah. And not just, it would be so. I'm going to stop. I'm going to get hyped up now. Then I'll drop F bombs. No, I don't want to. I must stay kind. Because it's also to me, you know. That's what I realized something. You must, if you're ever listening to a preacher and he's preaching to you, leave. <laughs> First, yeah, just. <laughs> Good, man. Good. Good, man. That's it. Thank you. You see, we actually prepared that. You see, Ben's, he's, he gets it. He sees second rows to the front. He's, he's in the vibe here. Yeah. We actually tried. We moved all the cushions forward and everything. But in this church, they just moved them back. No, it's a mess. They're all at the back now. Everyone just wants to. First Corinthians. You guys still with me? Another 25 minutes. First Corinthians, verse 12. It says this. I'm just going to highlight some quick things here. We one body with many members. 
For just as the body is one and has many members, it's, okay, the body is one and has many members, okay, and all the members of the body through many are one body, so it is with, so it is with Christ. And then verse 13, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. I promise you, the power on our church going forward is how united we are. Yes. That's the power. Yes. How Amen. the lowly are exalted in this church will yes. be the success of this church. Yes. How the lonely, pathetic ones, us, you and me, are exalted will be the success of this church. The needy, the broken, the hurting, the people that are, that are outside, are the, are the marginalized. How exalted they are in this church will be a future or not. We'll be here a year later or two still singing Craig's great songs. But we won't have moved. We won't have seen salvations. We won't have seen the power of God come until we begin to get this. That God is not about the doing well. He's about the marginalized. So for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. And so this is not a body of like you a little bit there, you a little bit there, whatever. And he goes on, it's beautiful. He goes on to talk about, yeah, the hand can't do this and the foot can't say to this. And imagine the eye says to this, I need you. You're getting the point. You know, Every part of the body is connected in, and Christ is the head. Yeah. Okay? We're the body. And so this ties in really nicely to what I was saying earlier about serving. The body serves the head. And my running analogy is great. If your head's Brad, would you agree? If you've got your head right, you can make your body do almost anything. That's it. Yeah. If you've got your head right, your body will submit. Yeah. And so Christ is the head of the church. We are this body that he's formed and brought together the pathetic ones, the lonely ones, the ones who've discovered his kindness that needed it the most, to be servants to his purposes and to be a place of thanksgiving to his kindness over and over again. This place that speaks of that, as I said earlier, the, the, the ocean of welcome. And God arranged, I'm going down to verse 18, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose us. God's arranging us right now, bringing us together. Specifically, JMO, you are in God's body as that specific part. Earl, God's busy adding you. Dave, he's really adding you You're in the front. <laughs> Dave might be the voice, but you might be the legs. Yeah. You're getting it? Yeah. Okay, then verse 22. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are actually, listen to this, indispensable. Okay? The parts of the body that are, appear to be weaker are indispensable. You can say amen because I'm not preaching. I'm just reading. Okay? So there's no like, this could be not awful on. It's on. It's the Bible. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. So what we think is less honorable, the, the instruction is to bestow the greater honor. And in verse 25, he says, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffers together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. He's the head and the body serves him. You know this in Romans 12, it talks about the not being conformed to the things of this world, to the ways of this world. We have this kind of getting through life. I don't know what this in commas could mean around that. But we have this kind of getting through life mentality. I'm just going to get, we're going to get through this thing. And there's actually a greater invitation on us yeah. to overcome our place of unbelief. And I believe we're going to do that 
by beginning to exalt the lowly, beginning to be a place that's willing to serve the broken and the dysfunctional and the hurting, and realizing in that ongoingly realizing our own need of God all the time, over and over again. We have this immense need of God ourselves. We need the intercession of each other just as much as God's going to use that to empower us and to set us all up in a Dale Carnegie posture in the world. As we begin to intercede, our, our, okay, I will put a three rand on this. <laughs> if you begin to intercede for the next five or six days and you come to me and you tell me you're not feeling like Dale Carnegie, I'll give you that three rand in that coin. I'll make it for you. Anyone want to test me on it? Okay, I just got my third preach here. You know, so don't be conformed, Romans 12. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And then he goes on to say, testing, using discernment, the will of God. What's good and acceptable and perfect. So just say the word with me, transformed. I've been transformed. Yeah, that's what they would do at a Tony talk. I've been transformed. Okay. Just, to, just in closing, I just want to finish off page 4, 5, 6, and 7 here. The, the thing that God's been talking to me a lot about in the last while, I read this book called Life Together. Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's a well-known theologian. He was killed by the Nazis for speaking out. And uh, sadly, he was killed, I think, two weeks before the end of the war. An amazing man. And uh, he, he wrote, he's written some amazing stuff. In this book, Life Together, he's talking about a group of, they gathered a group of people to, to live in, in, in community, in a, like a kind of a seaside place in Germany. A whole lot of guys stayed together in one property and so these are some of the lessons that he learned about how to do life well as Christians together. And uh, one of the things that really struck me, stood out to me, is the, the, the chapter on confession. So we're talking about being a confessing church today, about being in agreement. I also want us to do that about our sin. Because we confess with our mouths what's true and what, what's going on. At the same time, we confess to let the light in. So I want to read you a couple of things and just set a, a tone for that and, and then I'll, I'll close in prayer. Uh, so this is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says, He who is alone with his sin is utterly alone, but it is the grace of the gospel which is so hard for the pious to understand that confronts us with the truth and says, You are a sinner, a great desperate sinner. Now come as a sinner you are to the God who loves you. We're never not that. We're always that. We're always in that place, over and over again. Now, I, I think that our theology of like acceptance and God's love, we've lost sight, we've lost touch with the reality of our need to ongoingly come to God with the things where, we, where there's been unbelief. So what is our definition of sin? Our definition of sin is unbelief. Living less of yourself. Living less than the idea that God formed in His mind before you were born. That's it. So ongoingly, we have this invitation to come to God again. To say, God, I've lived in a, in a state that's less than who I am. But now I want to talk specifically about why this is important in, in our community with each other. 
people hate this. Martin Luther and different people said that should, we should have left the book of James out of the Bible because it's too practical, it's too clear, it's too much instruction. There's not enough just open you can interpret. And that's not why Luther was saying it, but a lot of people don't like this because in James 5, he says, 5.16, he says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Very clear. That yes, you saved, but also confess your sins to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. This is ongoing healing process that happens in the confession of our sin. And so as the Catholics do it in a private way, I, I think it's, it, it's one of the reasons why you have really good mental health among Catholic people if you look at research. Because there's this letting go constantly. But there's a higher call, very true. There's a higher call for us to actually do it with unveiled faces. Because yeah. there's no shame. Yeah. There's nothing that veils us. I don't, need a, I don't need a screen between me and you when I confess sin. Because yeah. you're not judging me. I'm not judged. I'm in Christ. All I'm doing is I'm declaring to you an area where I've had unbelief. Yeah. And you simply have to go, wow, that must have been a massive another cockroach. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this place is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> this place I need a body break. <laughs> yes, this place is falling apart. You know, we've seen such a different tiling this month. It's a mess. It's rent-a-kill. It would have, we would have had it. We had to, we had to cancel the subscription of rent-a-kill. Do you know what's happening? It's actually the preaching. I think that it's actually... They were hiding. They were hiding. Dave start, uh, Craig started it, and then, you know, the demonic doesn't like worship, eh? It comes out. So, you always see people acting a little bit off in worship, and you go, you need to sort that out. Okay, so just to say a couple of last thoughts. I really, I'll try and, I'll try and wrap page four and five up in, in half, in half a few sentences. The thing, is, the thing is about confession, no one really wants to hear it. But if I said to you guys right now, you need to confess your sins. Just take 10 seconds right now where you're standing. Don't worry about Francis and noises and whatever. That's fine. Because you know your sin. Confess your sin. I just said it to you. The spirit on the truth, when you read the truth, actually enlightens, yeah. turns a lamp on, and we all go, yes, I have sin. If you didn't, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You've got an egotistical view of yourself. You need to change. God is loving and invites us, and it's not a big deal, but there's this powerful thing that I really believe He's calling us to to begin to practice amongst ourselves as a community. Really, I want us to become the Catholics with unveiled faces. Yeah. To be known as that in the city. That's a group of people who are willing to, with unveiled faces, share where there's been unbelief yeah. with each other so that there can be more belief. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? And so it's a challenge for some of us because a lot of our unbelief is we feel a sense of shame around it. It's really vulnerable, whatever. So before I did this and told you guys this this week, I made a, perp- a personal uh, plan to, to sit with a friend and to say, I want to just do this. I want to practice what I preach. So I'm not just preaching at you. I'm actually carrying this thing. And, I, and we did it. And it was beautiful. And I said, like, so how do we respond now? What, what am I supposed to say back to you? What are you supposed to say back to me once you've heard my things? And it's just like, well, it doesn't really matter. Because the main thing is, you now have heard and the lights come in. And now we know that 
the reality of God is coming in and the unbelief is being broken down by the renewing of your mind in that area. And it's not now in the dark and the shadows on your own. As he said earlier, it's, it's this place where you feel utterly alone with your stuff. Yeah. So that's the point of God setting us in, in community like this as a church. It's one of the massive gifts we get as a community. So I invite you guys to do something like that this week. Do that. Maybe it's just one random thing started off kickstart. Do it with someone that you know. Because it means a lot more when they're in the community with you and they're in the faith with you than with just some random, hey, can I just confess to you? Because it means nothing and then I'm free. It's not about that. It's about actually what you are wanting to journey in with yeah. someone. And have a quiet moment and pray afterwards and say, God, we want to, we both, we want to see breakthrough in this thing. I've got unbelief here. Yeah. And I think it was amazing what Luke led us in last week and after Dave's preach, this thing of unbelief. And so really following on from that. So, Jeremiah, then later down, I'm, I'm going to wrap up with Jeremiah. Uh, later down in verse 9, he says, Then the Lord put his hand on, 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 he put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I've set you this day over nations and over kingdoms, to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And we get to build God's kindness into other people's lives. That's yeah. what we get to do. We get to, we've been set up over nations, over places, to build and to plant, to establish the kindness of God in each other, establish the kindness of God over places. We walk in, we go, God is kind. Just declare it <coughs> over a space. So he has a, a, a little bit of a, a he has a thought. You can only have influence over people that you're willing to serve. And I think a lot of the time we're walking around longing to have more influence, to have an ability to speak into someone's life. But actually God wants us to, to hear today this restlessness, this, this, this ineffectiveness, this place, this debilitated place. It's actually a result of our inability to serve in the things that He's given us, very practical things, yeah. like intercession, like generosity, like confession, these places we get to serve God in those things. Yeah. Yeah? And I believe we will see a lot more breakthrough and, 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 and freedom for ourselves. And then at the end of Jeremiah, he, he wraps it up and he says, they're going to come at you from all sides. And this is what was so powerful for me in the last year and a half. Which is, they're going to come at you from the north. I'm sending them. So he's like telling him, they're coming. They're coming from the north. They're coming from all sides. And they're going to come up against the walls of the city. And you're just getting this picture of like your life. It's just like, geez, it's coming at me from flipping every angle. You know? And he, tell, he said to him, this is what's going to happen. And this is pre. And now you're like, imagine you're there in this prayer time with God. And he tells you this is about to happen. And you're thinking, oh, geez. But actually we've learned through the hardships that actually having them is, is moving to higher levels of encounter with God. And so we actually don't long them away. We actually get, we brace ourselves and get ready for them because we know we're being elevated and we're being drawn by God. Because he's, he sets those things up every time we need them. Every time he, he, he allows them. Every time we, we need them so that we can be drawn to him. So they're coming from all sides, from the north, they're coming at you. And then he, and he ends it off and he says, Behold this day, I make you a fortified city. 
Isn't it nice to hear? They're going to come, but I made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, bronze walls. This is obviously strong stuff in the day. Against the whole land. I mean, you could change it for yourself. You know, electric fencing. Concrete wall. Chocolozo. You guys seen that? Shouldn't be, shouldn't be allowed. I'll make you impenetrable against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They'll fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I'm with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Isn't it amazing to hear that from God? They will fight against you. They will come. We're never not going to have strife and struggle. They will come, but I'm with you. So go. Let's stand and pray. Thank you, Lord, for this long service. That you were with the responsive church. And uh, we pray for the tides. The increase against the roots. I'm just teasing for some of you. We probably could afford that. We just didn't realize there was a problem. So we'll make notes and uh, we'll sort out the cockroaches. I want to remind you, it says this in Romans 10, he says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So there's an invitation for us today to begin to be people who move from restlessness to service, to move from a place of ineffectiveness, debilitatedness, to being effective, to being in a Dale Carnegie posture. And I thank you, God, for the excitement that's ahead of us in your kingdom as we begin to see people discover your love. The ocean of welcome, your kindness over us again. And I want to just close off with telling you guys that story again. I remember, I just remember I was worshipping at home and in those chapters of that, those years of my life, I really needed the kindness of God because I was in those, I didn't, wanna, I didn't want to believe what my parents believed and I wanted my own things kind of a chapter. So I loved God and I knew His kindness, but I also was trying to establish myself as, a, as an individual. So I was constantly pushing up against everything. So I kept having this like dualistic situation of like loving God and wanting to know more of Him and wanting to be His, surrendered to Him, but at the same time, giving myself to things to try and identify myself outside. And this is all really well laid out now because I'm more mature. But at the time, you just were in it and you didn't really know. And so you're just calling out to God. And I remember I was sitting on this little low stone wall, worshiping God, singing some of my earliest songs that I wrote and just beginning to discover God's kindness. And uh, someone, a friend, came and just like interrupted the session. Like just happened to be walking through my parents' garden as if you know their house that you'll just realize that you just never know. So you're never alone there. And, um, and I was just so bummed. Just like invaded this encounter I was having with God. And I said, oh, I heard the singing from a while away off and I just wanted to come and see what was happening. I said, oh, thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> thanks, now I get lost, you know. Like, uh, and it was, uh, the moment was gone. It was dried up. It's like this evaporated thing. And I felt like just 
letting some of you know that God says to you again today, the best encounters you've had are a glimpse. The times that you can remember, I want to pray that over us. God, the times that we can remember, let them just be a shadow of our encounters with you in the future. Let them be just a momentary part, Father, of what we still yet to discover of you. Father, we break this, the power of restlessness, ineffectiveness, debilitated, not believing, not knowing who we are, discovering. Let us discover the truth this morning again, Father. You formed us, you made us with a specific idea, with some things in your heart and in your mind over our lives. I just speak that over you guys with a confidence of faith that he's put that on me to speak again over you, to tell you that he formed you and he made you and he knows you and he's got good things planned over your life. And he set you up for works of service because of his kindness, because of his kindness. So we thank you, God, that the best encounters, the best opportunities to serve are yet ahead. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you love prayer, you can come up. Otherwise, have a fantastic Sunday and we'll see you guys next week. Bless you.